Hey, welcome to Film Friends. I'm your host, Jordan Smith, and with me, as always, co-host Kate Eingorn. Oh, hello. <laughs> Special guest, Matt Bailey. Oh, hello. <laughs> oh, hello. Hey, guys. How are you doing? Good. Pretty good. Pretty good? Yeah. All right, cool. Well, hey, you know why I'm doing well? Why? Episode 41. Oh, Ooh. yeah. We made we it. We made it. it. <laughs> we made it. <laughs> There's a lot of haters out there saying we're not going to make episode 42 already. Yeah, but, I know. But, but we're going to make it. But we're going to make it. But you know what? We're here at episode 41. Um, and 41 reminds me of an athlete. Which and one? that athlete is Dirk Nowitzki. Oh. Of what sport? Of basketball oh, sport. Basketball of basketball sport. sport. From Germany. Um, 41 is also the longest. The Symphony 41 is also the longest and the last symphony of Mozart. Oh. Also, don't forget the lovely band, Sum 41. Ooh. <laughs> Never forget. Don't, don't forget about the song number 41 by Dave Matthews Band. Ooh, Jordan. And... <laughs> Number 41 was the floor that Morpheus was on in Matrix when he got interrogated um, by the government. Nice. Yeah, great 41 facts. Thank you. Some yeah, 41 facts. <laughs> Yo. Those are only some of all of them. <laughs> the Matrix, hot tea question, which pill would you take, the red Ooh. one or the blue one? Yo, I have a hot seat take on the Matrix, but I'll answer your question first. Um I would take both and see what happens. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I love it. I've thought about that a lot, and I honestly can't give you an answer. Are you supposed to know beforehand which one's good and which one's bad? Like, now we do. Yeah, but like... I can't unlearn that fact. He wasn't like, I forget what happened in the Matrix. Oh, he wasn't no, like, this told. is the good one and this is the <laughs> bad one. Yeah, I think he's told. Oh, is he told? He's like, if you want to forget all this just happened, you could take, you know, what is it, the red one? And if you want to know what's going on, you could take the blue one. Like it's really I feel hard. like there's a lot of people out there listening right now that are pissed off because we have no idea. <laughs> well, yo, my thing is like I like I saw red flavored things more than blue flavored yeah. things. Me too. Yeah. So I'd be in like a pretty big predicament. I agree. <laughs> Agreed. Also like the faucets, you know, cold water, hot water. Do you want to take a cold shower? Well, well and just like in general, <laughs> red represents evil, evil and bad. I just want to know what the texture of those pills are like. Are they liquid caps? Like capsules? I think they're, they're liquid caps. Are they chewable? Ooh. What if you're not good at swallowing stuff? Yeah, yeah. what chewable. do you do? My hot take was, well, I really slept on the Matrix. Like, Literally. When it was... <laughs> when it came out and all that, mm -hmm. but then when, like this past year when I went to watch it the first time I actually fell asleep during it. So and he my hot take is you don't really need it in your life. Like you don't need to see the Matrix. During the most iconic part in the movie. Well, when they're when dodging like, bullets. Yo, yeah. Matrix, the first Matrix is cool. Yeah, it is cool. I backed the first Matrix. No, I was into it. I just was, I guess I was tired that day. You were, um, and then you were cranky about it. Afterwards. But hey, we'll save it for our, uh, Lawrence Fishburne episode. Oh, <laughs> yes. yes. So we'll save it for that. Not that our Keanu episode. Yeah. <laughs> Not our Keanu. Um, but yeah, before we, we hop into it, because uh, it's a new season today, um, so I'm very excited about that. But before we hop into it, I, I one, wanted to uh, correct myself. Last week, I threw it out there that it was our Ricky Henderson episode. <laughs> 
he's nowhere near the number 40. <laughs> number 24 his whole career. I think he played until he was like 40 or 41. So that's where the mix-up was. But Or you inverted the numbers. 42, Jackie Robinson. Mm. Oh, coming up. Coming oh. up. But hater, haters are going to hate and say we're not going to make it to episode yeah. 42. Um, so that was one correction. Also, we got a couple... Uh, couple tweets and mails and texts that mails um <laughs> all the couple not letters. females the males yeah. about our uh our inquiry around sid and the whole toy story thing you know if he ever showed back up into the series or if we, you know we should see his story and uh our good friend zach as well as uh some crazed fan named mike reached out to us and said uh, that he does show up in Toy Story 3 as the garbage man. And same voice actor. But is he credited as Sid? <laughs> yes, he is. So, yeah. Uh, but, but is, is he? he like, we didn't watch the movie, so. <laughs> <laughs> Not recently. Um, I can't lie. It's so hard. So I, I would say I was more on point of him kind of going downhill. Yeah, yeah you were. You were. <laughs> And uh, I think Jake was more on board with him becoming a doctor. <laughs> Something crazy. I don't know. Um, but, yeah, so thanks thanks to our fans for uh, reaching out. Thanks, Zach. And thanks, uh, Mike, who also hit us up in some crazed, deranged way. Yeah, uh, so we did a Twitter poll this week of um, would you rather DreamWorks or Pixar? <laughs> Overwhelmingly Pixar. 87% Pixar, 13% DreamWorks. And huh. Mike gave us a very long education on something that I don't know. Yeah, I want to know who, who, did you vote DreamWorks? Was that from your account? <laughs> it was. <laughs> yeah, I honestly I think did. you were the only person. No, there was definitely more there than one There had to have been at least one more. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I don't know what the t- Mike's tweets were about. I didn't read them. They were really long, and there was multiple of them. TLDR. What does that yeah. mean? Too long, didn't read. Yeah. Oh, same so i was just gonna delete them but i read I like half of them and i was like what's going on <laughs> i read it and i was like nothing absorbed i almost blocked them straight up oh yeah mike that's a warning to you <laughs> you pull any of those stunts again you're getting blocked though we liked both of those comments <laughs> <laughs> but uh with that being said in general you know we appreciate you guys reaching out to us via social media don't forget we're on Twitter, we're on Instagram, and we're and out here. You can yeah. text us, and you can oh, email Gmail. us. Soon to be Venmo. Yeah, and that's another big announcement here at the top. Um, we're thinking about creating a Venmo account. <laughs> <laughs> Mainly just to, you know... Just so we can exchange with each other. Yeah, well, it. like... You know, more contact with the fans. We figured Venmo is something that a lot of people use. Send us an emoji. Right, wanna, right. You know. I mean, we're in it for the emojis. So if you want to... if Yo, if you want to request money, give it a shot. Yeah. If you want to give us money, give it we'll a shot. accept it. Yeah. You know? The, the way we'll I'm thinking... See, we just like came up with this a couple minutes ago. <laughs> <laughs> so the way I'm thinking about it is if you guys want us to do, you know, your Tom Cruise's, your... Uh, you know Denzel Washington's. Put your request in what you put your paid. request via Venmo. Throw us a buck, and we'll do or it. <laughs> we could be easily bought. I love it. You can ask us a question through Venmo. Yeah, yeah. penny for your thoughts and your yeah. questions. Literally a penny for your. There thought. you go. So um, we'll let you know when we create that 
Um, seems like we have a lot of ideas. <laughs> um, a few more social media things, though. One is um, we post the movies every week on Twitter. I'm talking like Obama for some reason right now. <laughs> and you're uh, like, thumbs out. <laughs> <laughs> um, so if you want to know what the movies are ahead of time, you can go on there because we haven't talked about that in like a yeah, jillion yeah. years. We changed that maybe like 10 episodes ago. We're letting you guys know what we're going to review ahead of time. Um, but we still act in the episode <laughs> like, <laughs> like we, didn't. we didn't do that, <laughs> which I kind of like. Like it's a big and secret. Then the other thing is like, we talked about it before. We let it loose last time because we didn't talk about it. But follow us on Letterboxd. Yeah, straight up. Letterboxd is where we live. So um, That's where my house is. <laughs> that's where Kate 500 actually 500 Letterboxd Lane. Um, and another thing is, but you know what? I, I want to talk another social media aspect, <laughs> but I'm going to actually save it for the end. Okay. Ooh. So if you, if you want to hear me talk about social media... <laughs> Stick have, around. Stick around. <laughs> I know his, that's what you're here wait for. Wait for his five minute stand up. Someone who doesn't end. have yeah. social media is talking about it. Um, but no, it's exciting. It's juicy. It's hot. Um, Are you just talking about social media? <laughs> <laughs> no, what, I, what, what we have oh. to talk about. But it is, there's a new season in the air, guys. New season. And it's finally arrived. Dun, and that dun, dun, season uh, is repeat season. Ow, uh, ow. I thought when you were talking about it, like our. Um, they can hear me. They, they, uh, our seasons were just 40 um, uh, episodes long. Episodes. <laughs> so are we starting to... Yo, know, I season like that. Two. I like that. It's the start of season two, and it's repeat season. Okay. Um, so without further ado, and repeat season is just we have a repeat guest. Not only is it the year of the guest, but now it's repeat season. Mm-hmm. And uh, this is someone who has been on before. Hence repeat. Hence repeat. And I believe last time we gave her the title of book expert. Yes. I'm throwing another title out there. Art expert. Ooh. <laughs> Yo. Love it. I'll back it. I know art's general and that can mean art. a lot of things. I will say that one's backed by a degree. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's, there's, there's a lot of things backing that. Um but yeah, welcome back, Becca Haley. Thank you so much for having me. What an introduction. Yeah. Yeah. I was Sorry. tough to hold my breath through all Yeah, that. yeah. Sorry, we, we had to get some business no, out there. I'm just kidding. First, um, I'm happy to be back. Yeah, Thank you guys so much back. for having me. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, what are your expectations being back in the studio <laughs> here? We need to know. How, uh, wait, how has your life changed? Yes. Since your first appearance, are people recognizing you on the streets? Wow! Or? Oh, specifically for me on the yeah. podcast, or yeah. just my life in general. Um, Both. I had great feedback from <laughs> my nice. first episode. Everyone was super stoked. Yeah, uh, yeah. Got my mom into the show, my dad into the Ooh, show. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, that's what it's about. We're it's we're fun. we're about bringing you know families to the podcast. Families so. together. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> so. Um, also, you know, I'm going to address it right at the top. Have you seen Paul Dano since the last episode? <laughs> <laughs> I have not seen Paul Dano. Okay. Not okay. since the last time Kate told the story, which <laughs> I feel Is like it, I should just lean into it. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Completely yeah. accurate. Yeah, everything we said about it was accurate. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> word for word representation of the moment. Right, right. We're, yeah. we're old friends now. Yeah. So. yeah. <laughs> um, 
Cool. So, I mean, hey, you're a repeat guest. <laughs> you know the deal. I'm going to throw it right over to you, who you chose and why. Uh, today, we're going to talk about John Tuturo, who's an actor who I feel like I knew for a while through more bit kind of character parts, like uh, he's in Mr. Deeds, oh. he's in um, The Big Lebowski, and he's really fantastic in both of those movies, but... One of the movies we're going to talk about today where he plays the titular character was a movie that I saw and really loved. I'd like to know which one because they're both titular. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> Actually, that's another commonality. Um, I'll leave it as a mystery to the end and then you guys can okay, guess. Cool, cool. Um, no, but I, I just think he's a really fantastic actor and he's someone that's familiar in a lot of ways, um, but still kind of mysterious in a lot of others. So I thought he'd be fun to discuss. Absolutely. I yeah, I completely agree. Because I had, like, no idea who he was. And, and Jordan, because he's my best friend, kept telling me that I have seen him in things. And I just wasn't aware of it. And him and Big Lebowski, mm-hmm. he's, like, first of all, unrecognizable that it's him. And, two, that role is amazing. It's so different from, like, everything else, too. He just kills it. Yeah, it's funny because I feel like he has such a specific look. But mm-hmm. then at the same time, a lot of the characters he plays... He looks different yeah. in each of them. Um, he's in Do the Right Thing, the Spike Lee movie. Um, he's really fantastic in that as well. Um, but yeah, he looks different in almost everything he plays. Yeah, it's crazy. Especially mm-hmm. one of the movies we saw today. Yeah. He's, like, not even human. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he looks very different. Um, I was glad you chose him because when we first started the podcast, that he was someone that I wanted to do. Oh, really? Um, I'm a big JT fan. Love him. Justin Timberlake? I call it. He's I don't JT. know. Dude. He's my JT. <laughs> That's a stretch. He's my JT. Um, but I like him in Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? Um, I know we don't talk about TV, but he's in The Night Of, and yeah. he's incredible. In the That's Night where of. he came back, like, to, like, I knew him from, Mr. Deeds was my, yeah. like, John Turturro. Yeah. yeah. And then I saw him in The Night Of, and I was like, damn, this dude can act. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. where he, like, I didn't, really don't, like, recognize him in too many other things Mm -hmm. other than like his adam sandler movies yeah yeah. he's also in like anger management too oh he is that's right yeah don't mess with the zohan oh oh, yeah i haven't seen that (laughs) a film friend's favorite (laughs) (laughs) a film friend's favorite that we've never seen (laughs) um Yeah. but yeah bailey and i actually uh it's funny because i think the movie we went to college together and we're roommates for like Three and a half, four years, um, I believe. I don't know three where. I don't know where after three. We came. met halfway through freshman year. Uh, Did we I didn't live in? together, but in the same hallway. Fair. So we're okay, roommates. fair. Roommates. Um, uh, but Mr. Deeds was probably the movie we watched the most together. Yo. Um, oh my god. For some reason, it was on TV all the time. And always. It partly became like a joke, like. Well, Mr. Deeds is on. <laughs> should we put it on? It's like, yeah, yeah throw yeah, it on. I guess so. Um, but yeah, so John Totoro is kind of looms large. Yeah, yeah, in <laughs> our lives. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's, it's it. This was an exciting one to kind of dive a little deeper, and I'm excited to learn about him from uh, Kate's Corner. <laughs> is that what we <laughs> is call that our segment? <laughs> Kate's Corner. I hate it so much. Yo, I kind of like it. <laughs> you like it because I hate it. <laughs> Maybe. Um, so I'm excited because he seems like one of those. I don't know about this, but he seems. Well, I know you said he's kind of low key, but he does seem. He's not in the public eye that often, mm-hmm. if, if at all. 
But before um, we do Kate's whatever Corner. you want to call it, <laughs> um, I want to just ask you guys and, and Becca, you too, because you said that you've seen it a lot. What is your favorite thing about Mr. Deeds? Ooh. Oh, I want to correct the record. I think I've probably seen it once or twice. Oh. I haven't seen it a lot. <laughs> the and I, uh, I was also just going to ask you, like, does he even play that big of a role in it? Because I don't really remember. I thought he's, he was just like the pizza. He's very sneaky. He's the butler. Oh, oh he's the butler. Yeah. I thought he owned like a pizzeria. Oh, I guess I'm confusing. That yeah. yeah. He seems um, like he would own a pizzeria. Yeah. Some, some, yeah. No, some I think movie. that's in Do the Right Thing. Uh, that's he, what I'm thinking yeah. of. He's, um, in a, he's probably like third or fourth build or something yeah. i mean he i would say he's crucial to the plot oh, very <laughs> crucial to yeah, the plot. and he's very very sneaky so the uh, only thing I, rem- so I remember about mr deeds is the um hawaiian punch coming out of the oh, yeah. water yeah. fountain too. yeah and john totoro makes that happen for yeah. him so <laughs> and i remember him reading the greeting cards in the diner or whatever the place was. i wait did you ask what our favorite part of that movie yeah, is? yeah or what you hold most fond I like Winona Ryder's whole thing in that movie. I love the whole movie. <laughs> Yo, it's weird because like I don't think a lot of people like that movie. Yeah. But I think it's it's I won't say it's one of Adam Sandler's best, but I'll throw it in the top five. Yeah, I'll always, like his like comedy. I'll always movies. throw it in his top five. Yeah, <laughs> forever. Yeah. No matter what he does. Yeah. Um, I don't think I have an Adam Sandler top five. <laughs> oh, we I don't have one. I don't really three. like him at all. What? Do you have a top one? Um, Mr. Punch Pete. Drunk Love. Oh, yeah. nice. Um, I, I do like that movie. We just watched that. We'll we'll bring that up at the end of the episode. Sure. But, yeah. Sure. Um, oh, good call. Thank you. Wedding singer classic. Yeah. I don't think I've ever seen that. What? I'm a big daddy guy. Oh, Happy Gilmore, big, big daddy. daddy guy. I did like Billy Madison a lot oh, when I was yeah. younger. A gem. Um, but yeah, hey, this is an our Adam Sandler <laughs> episode. That will be episode forty-nine. <laughs> well, what? now we have to. Now we have to hold Yo, ourselves. Bleep out that number. Yeah. <laughs> I think I it would be a better sixty-nine. Yeah. Um, okay, so you know, let's 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 just jump into it, and I'm feeling it today, Becca. I'm gonna throw it over to you to choose uh, which movie we should review first. I would love to start with Barton Fink. You got it. I love let's it too. It. We have no choice. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let me just flip to it. <laughs> oh yeah, let's flip the pages. <laughs> So Barton Fink is a Coen Brothers movie. It came out in 1991, and it um, stars John Tutoro as the titular Barton Fink. He's a playwright in New York when the movie starts in 1941, and through like the first couple scenes, we learn that he has the opportunity to move to Los Angeles and write a movie for a movie studio. And I think at first he kind of grapples with that, especially the way his play starts and he has all these accolades, but he's always kind of like creating his own suffering, I want to say. Yeah, that's that's true. And his whole thing is he wants to write things about the common man. But he's not a common man. But he's not a common man. But no. um, Actually, you don't get much of his background, so you don't know. No. But you get enough to know that like he doesn't relate. Yeah. Well, throughout the movie, too, I think that becomes more apparent. Um, Mm -hmm. 
Whereas at first, yeah, he's kind of extolling this like theater for the everyday man, the common man. How can I go to Los Angeles when the common man is here in New York? Um, <laughs> but he does it anyway. Yeah. 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 Well, apparently they offer him a lot of money. And, yes. and his, his good friend kind of convinces him. Well, and he pretty much says, like, if you do this, you can open that theater. Right, right. Yeah. right. This this will be in a means to an end. Like, you could use this to then do what you really want to do in New York. And a cool shot. I think it. I think it's the very opening scene. It's his play is being played out, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and he's kind of in the wings watching it. But I noticed this, and then when I was looking up trivia for it, the voice. It shows him just watching his play, mm-hmm. but the voice talking in the play is his voice. Yeah, giving this kind Ooh. of closing monologue. Oh, yeah, um, that's and awesome. it's his voice, and I was like, that sounds just like him, but his lips aren't moving curious what's going on here blah 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 i don't know that's like a strange choice for them i love to it do yeah, that, but i that, like it yeah. a lot i yeah. think it was an interesting way to connect his character with like what, what the character in the play yeah. is trying to say yeah, yeah. i like that it's and smart. i think i read jennifer jason lee's the other voice but it's not her playing the 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 female voice doing that but it's not her hmm. as well oh. mm-hmm. interesting so, Interesting tidbit there. Yeah. Oh, love, love your tidbit. Little tidbit. It's Jordan's tidbit corner. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, we corner. all have a corner. <laughs> you better sit in it, the corner. The way the studio is set up, we're all just sitting in the corners of the room. <laughs> Very far away from There's each other. There's a seance going in the middle of it. Um, but yeah, so I mean, I'm not even going to read the synopsis because Becca presented you it. it. Yeah. Displayed it beautifully. I will um, give you a little round of applause. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> that's uh, well, that's what I expect from our art slash book expert. You know? <laughs> like not even having to read it, just give us a quick synopsis. I um, can't wait for your other synopsis for the next movie. Yeah, <laughs> oh, that's gonna be a challenge Ooh. for you. But, I think it'll uh, be a little bit more wandering. <laughs> yeah, in due time. In due time. Um, so yeah, he moves out to L.A. Um, and then he moves into. I believe it's called the Earl. Yeah, hotel is the Earl. hotel, mm-hmm. and that's kind of the central location. And a lot of the movie takes place there. And I actually love that's what I kind of like the about the movie the most is everything that happens at the hotel, the way the hotel looks, the people that work there, and everything that happens there. I'm really into. It has like a mysterious Chet. vibe to uh, it. Oh. Chet. Chet. Yo, Chet was probably my favorite yeah. exclamation person point? in the movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So Chet is the what is that concierge or yeah, mm-hmm. um, played by Steve Buscemi, also in Mr. Deeds. Yo. <laughs> also in The Big Lebowski. <laughs> my note. Steve Buscemi, yeah, also he's in, in Bus- Mr. Deeds. Yeah. Wait, is he in Mr. Deeds? Yeah, he's crazy ass. Oh, crazy ass, yeah. <laughs> Come course, on. Of course, of course, sorry. Um, but uh, yeah, and he's absolutely awesome. Like, what's the word for him? He's like... Uh, off. He's off. <laughs> yeah. He's, he's eccentric. Off, but he's eccentric. eccentric yeah. But he's very helpful for um, Barton, Barton Fink, you know, just coming out there not really knowing. But like, the way he presents himself and does everything it's just eccentric he's, he's yeah. really enthusiastic enthusiastic as well. yeah, yeah. yeah um but immediately when barton walks into the hotel i feel like it just sets the stage for this kind of like otherworldly yeah, exactly. feeling you get yeah. throughout his time there there's little things that you notice when he goes up to his room alone and there's all these shoes lined up outside all the rooms that go down the hallway but you never see another person mm-hmm. besides chet or the guy in the elevator. And then mm-hmm. you meet one other character. But you never see people walking around. Right, right. Yeah. When he walks into his room, 
there's so much that's like sensory there like there's like the whirring in the hallway where you feel Mm -hmm. like it's like a tunnel he's kind of walking out from you hear bugs buzzing you hear Mm -hmm. this like the wallpaper peeling Mm -hmm. it just immediately becomes apparent that he's like transported somewhere else Mm -hmm. and i like that now you say like also like the neighbors you hear a lot of like other neighbors noises Mm -hmm. too i never thought about that where it's like i never thought about what they looked like or anything they were just kind of like a yeah, like Another disembodied part. voices yeah, almost. Exactly. And you don't really know if they're just like what's haunting him or if it's actual people. Right. Oh, and when he picks up the pencil, right? There's like evidence other people have been there because the tip was broken off yeah. and stuff mm. like that. Yeah, that's yeah. really funny. There's a pad of paper that says Hotel Earl, stay for a night or a lifetime. Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. that's great. And the first question... Sorry they, about that. They love Barton. Uh, they, 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 they love. They love our, uh, we're all super in studio audience. Yeah, yeah. They love lifetime jokes. And even uh, Steve Buscemi's like first question to him is: if, Is he a transient or is he a, a resident? resident. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, so that that theme of like, is this fleeting or are you in it for the long haul? I love like that kind of, scene though. Every like the way this movie is shot is. Incredible incredible Mm -hmm. they have like these big scaping scenes where like the even the first scene the dining room where you see the entire breadth of that dining room yeah and like what you were saying with the shoes in the hallway you see that full hallway and with that scene where he asks if he's like a resident or whatever he flips that book around and it's just like the full scape of what that Mm -hmm. environment would feel like it's incredible yeah and i think especially what you talk about within the context of a whole scene but we still just focus on barton like it's he's surrounded by a room of people but he is so singular in what he's doing which i think does a really good job of like physically conveying his kind of like ego driven journey that's really focused on him and what he wants yeah that reminds me of like remember this is also i thought was really cool um was this set when did you say this was set in 1941 because of the world war Uh, yeah because of the world war and hey (laughs) well that's (laughs) they bring it up i'm just saying that's why episode 41 oh there you go there you go good job but I like the paging um, Barton Fink, where it was like the bell with the chalkboard. Yeah, oh, that was very it was cool. cool. Too. Yeah. And mm-hmm. that kind of like is like what you say. Like it's like this is centered around him. Like mm-hmm. that's a sign, literally holding his name up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think the hallway shots too. You don't realize it, but it's a little foreshadowing too. Mm-hmm. Toward the end, we'll get there. But uh, the constant shots of those hallways. It's mm-hmm. like it's kind of like Stanley Kubrick. Kubrick. Uh, mm-hmm the shining a little bit definitely um but yeah we'll get there then um (laughs) but so i mean that kind of introduces i guess uh the other big character in this movie and that's john goodman oh be still my heart yeah you're it's your fat john love yeah (laughs) um which i thought john goodman was someone we already reviewed Mm. like he feels like we did He's in a lot of movies. I, is he? I feel like he's not even in a lot of movies that we do, though. Mm-mm. He's not. I think I it's like... John Candy. I think I'm getting him a little mixed <laughs> oh, up. Oh, that's part wow. of my Fat Johns that I love. Yeah. The Fat John. Yeah. Uh, yo, I thought John Goodman killed it. Oh, so yeah. absolutely, very, they, very good. They wrote that part specifically for him. Really? Yeah, uh, they did. He's yeah. like a, another like voice that Barton's hearing when he's alone in his room trying to write. I think in the meantime of him coming to the hotel, also he goes and meets with the studio. 
Um, and oh, what we learned right. from that meeting is that he's being put on a wrestling picture, and we kind of meet the studio head, who's just a caricature of you know like 1940s Hollywood, him. yeah, kind Love of funny him. producer, talks. like yeah. executive. Yeah, yeah. That, he's great though. That no, yeah. Who is that? Michael Lerner, maybe, or oh, he's in a bunch of stuff. he's in a bunch of yeah. stuff though. That yeah. is one of the most impressive monologues. Yeah. To witness, yeah, he his, doesn't even take a breath. No, like his cadence yeah. is so fast, but it still gives a lot of life to he's it. He's doing the thing where he'll ask a question. And then answer it, ask a question, answer yeah. it, and like just chaotically and never yeah. give Barton a chance and to talk. And it's like right. literally five minutes long at least. It's, yeah. yeah. And Amazing. his whole assistant and the story with uh, the assistant is like pathetic, but funny, but then it gets sad and mm-hmm. then it's funny again. Yeah. yeah, it's just these funny little characters that are layered into the story, which I think is pretty typical of Coen Brothers That's movies right, yeah. that right, I really right. love. Yeah. yeah. So, and that's kind of a jarring experience, I think, for Barton coming from being like a playwright doing his own thing in New York and then meeting with the studio head and he goes back to his hotel room, he sits down at the typewriter and he just can't really write. He writes maybe like two sentences and he... (laughs) The same paragraph. Yeah. Starts in a tenement building. Yeah, in the Lower East <laughs> yeah, Side, yeah. like Fishmongers, Fishmongers yeah. which is yeah. what ended his play that we saw at the beginning. Yeah, yeah. So it's just funny that he's drawing from all these same themes, even though he's supposed to be writing a wrestling picture. Yeah. But um, then you hear this like kind of manic, laughing, crying coming from another room. And Barton calls down to the front desk to complain about it. And when he does, he hears the phone ring in the next room over to I guess like the Chet calling his mm-hmm. neighbor yeah. and then his neighbor he hears his neighbor like leave his room come over knock on the door and he goes to answer and it's John Goodman's character who comes in he's very affable and friendly oh he's great but, oh, yeah. Yeah. very there, manic you understand there, from the there's beginning there's something so with him you you know there's something behind it the whole time mm-hmm. but he's also so friendly and such a good friend to Barton Fink that you're like oh maybe Maybe he's not the juxta of yeah. this movie. Is this a lonely, lost soul situation yeah. where he's just thriving for other human reaction as well? Or is this a man who's just like like a dweller? It could be yeah. like maybe just me projecting John Goodman onto John Candy. But it, <laughs> it really reminded me of Planes, Trains, and Automobiles oh, where you're like, bit, you know, yeah. there's yeah. a guy who's like shut off and not wanting to open mm-hmm. up to this actual good guy who's maybe hiding something. He's a salesman. Mm-hmm. Honestly, it, it's a direct ripoff. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but I didn't see it coming. The twist, twist yes. of his character yeah. at all. I right. just, I don't. I kind of like felt sorry for him and like. He also didn't see it coming. Yeah, he. I feel like he served a really specific purpose in being this kind of like everyday man that mm-hmm. Barton yeah. keeps talking about. Yeah. But when Barton talks to him, he just keeps talking over him. And every time oh, his name's Charlie me. Meadows. Anytime Charlie tries to say, "Oh, I have stories I could tell you," Barton just keeps talking over he him. Goes, keeps talking exactly. over him. Exactly. So yeah. that's what I thought the thing was gonna be. He was gonna he was gonna have this everyday common man in front of him ready to give him his experiences and like give him material to write about and barton fink's just so caught up with his own shit that like he's never going to recognize that until a certain point which in a way he then does write about john good uh charlie meadows but like there's a bigger twist <laughs> uh that we'll get to um yeah. i do like whenever charlie meadows comes from his room over to barton fink's they like pan Mm-hmm. across to the door as if the camera's following him walking but they can't you can't see him um you just see the wall it's and we never cool. see his room you it's never too see messy his room. No. is yeah. what we're told yeah, yeah. and after mm. barton first encounters him that's the first time we see um in barton's room the wallpapers peeling which is I another really that, like yeah. kind of tactile 
I, like it, it just goes along with all the kind of sounds and the so body I, movements and stuff that happen in this in, movie. In doing a, a little research for Jordan's tidbit corner, <laughs> um, I came across a word that describes it perfectly. Let's um, hear it. As well as describes the next word, uh, next movie as well, and that is uh, the word phantasmagorical. Sure. Okay. Well, yeah. Let me let me yeah. give you a definition because I'm not only bringing that up just for you know whatever, but it's actually like perfect. Mm-hmm. So the definition is having a fantastic or deceptive appearance as something in a dream or created by the imagination, having the appearance appearance of an optical illusion, um, especially one produced by a magic lantern, changing or shifting as a scene made up of many elements. So that's kind of like what the hotel is like like yeah. i i had the feeling the whole time like is this actually happening to him mm-hmm. or is it in his mind and like the consistent like the wallpaper consistently falling or him mm-hmm. like looking at that picture of the woman on the wall mm-hmm. um well they're not just falling they're like oozing yeah, yeah. oozing yeah, yeah. It feels very me out. Me oh, it's so visceral gross. it's yeah. very like rooted in the body i feel like and then even the noises that are surrounding his room as well as like the focus on the pipe drains yeah um, there's it like even uh charlie meadows mentioned something about the pipes uh barton fink says something about the pipes as well as there's a shot that like the camera goes directly down into the pipes down and the you drain can, yeah mm-hmm. so yeah. like um it just has a strange vibe to it do you think that like since he wanted to stay there after like Capital was like, "Hey, we can move you to another hotel." Yeah, yeah. Do you think he just wanted to be like the, the yeah. common man? Yeah, of course. That's yeah. like that's, exactly. He's like, I "This is what everyone else has to deal with." Like, I'm gonna. Yeah, it'll he has help a very <laughs> specific idea of himself and like oh, his sure. purpose in mm-hmm. his mind. Like back to when his agent was saying, "Oh, you should go write, you know, go to L.A. and write this movie," and he's like. The agent says something like, you just need to do what you do. And he's like, I'm not really sure what I do. I just try to make a difference, which mm-hmm. is just kind of like, and then, it just like feeds into that idea of yeah. his like self-importance. Yeah, mm-hmm. self-aggrandizing for sure. Yeah. Um, we're, we haven't addressed the elephant in the room yet about this movie, which would be his hair. <laughs> oh, yeah. His Take hair is away. pretty crazy. <laughs> it is the craziest it's thing I've ever seen. It's a sponge. Glued hair. to his head. Glued it reminds head. me of Eraser Head. Yeah, you guys yeah. have ever it seen does. even just the cover of that. Yeah, movie. Yeah. yeah, but and, not as natural. Yeah, and then like <laughs> just looking at the cover of this movie. Yeah, it. I honestly had no idea what it was about, and I would always see the cover of it. Oh really? Mm-hmm. And like I, like I didn't know there was a mosquito there. I always yeah. thought there was like a like a Harry Potter like <laughs> scar in his forehead. Yes. Okay, yeah. so I'm so glad you brought that up. That's what I always like pictured. I always thought that. I've avoided that. I've never seen this movie before, and I'm just gonna be upfront right now. I loved this movie yeah, so much. Great. This might be one of my favorite movies that we've reviewed for the podcast yeah. this whole time. I've avoided avoided it for years because of the cover of it, and I also thought that it was like a well, I mean, I didn't think it was Harry Potter. But <laughs> no, but I it just it, reminded it me. It looked of like he had a scar on his forehead. Yeah. It is a mosquito, which I, I want to get your opinion on the mosquitoes then, too. Um, but, yeah, I avoided it. And it still has the same eraser head type vibe. Yeah. If you look at those covers back to back, like mm-hmm. they're the same. I think the cover 
that's like on the streaming services is doing this movie uh, a disservice. disservice. Yeah. Like I think it would get more recognition now if they changed the cover to something else. Well, what what about it made you avoid it? What about the cover? Uh, it's black and white, uh-huh. which is like I'm not against black and white movies. I don't watch a lot of them, but like. But you one, thought it was in black and white because the, the yeah cover. yeah I assume that and then yeah. he doesn't look he looks like a crazed scientist a little bit so i thought it was like Uh a mathematician gone crazy or like some sort of crazy scientist and and i didn't know it was coen brothers i didn't know it was from the 90s like the cover makes it look like some sort of 60s sci-fi like a propaganda sci-fi movie yeah and and i will say like the title doesn't really right right, you don't get much from the title either so you Mm -hmm. have no idea really going in I had no idea going in what this movie was about at all. Just someone's name. Yeah. But so. the fact that we've all seen it and like can visualize it just from not even knowing it shows how iconic he is, though, as a yeah. character. Yeah, true. It's very That's good. True. And I'm going to admit I didn't know it was John Turturro on the <laughs> cover either. Yeah, me either. Same, because I don't, didn't know who he really was. I, not before Mr. Deeds. <laughs> there, was, there was another um, famous person in this movie that looks completely different, I think. Do you want to take it away? I don't go ahead. You Tony know Tony Shalhoub. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. This was a Monk. character I've like never seen him play, and it was he looked awesome. handsome, honestly. Yeah. yeah, he did look handsome. But he was like the uh, asshole producer. Producer. Um, but he was he was kind of a caricature of all the like Hollywood execs and producers, and even the writers um, were just a level up in terms of like they're playing a caricature of themselves. Uh, but he was... I, I enjoyed his scenes as well. Yeah, I thought you were actually going to say um, the guy who plays W.P. Mayhew. Yeah. I yeah. forget oh. his name. It's like John something. Mm-hmm. But he's like the dad in Frasier. Oh, um, I've never seen So I was like, oh, like the first oh, time I... what? Yeah, that's the dad from Frasier. The first uh-huh. time I watched this movie when I was younger, I had never seen Frasier. And oh, then okay. I didn't even put two and two together when I started watching wow, it. I and then re-watching it, I was like, oh, that's the dad from Frasier. I didn't recognize that. I've never seen it. Yeah. That. John Moynihan or something. I'm not sure. But that's actually Barton. He's... That character, W.P. Mayhew, is supposed to be kind of like William Faulkner, like loosely based uh, on William uh, Faulkner. Gotcha, gotcha. Like Barton first encounters him after meeting the producer t- who Tony Shalhoub plays. I think his name's Geisler, and he kept mm-hmm. he keeps correcting them to say his name's Geisler, uh, which is okay. just like another funny Coen yeah, Brothers yeah, yeah, thing, yeah. I think. Yeah. But um, then Barton goes into the bathroom, and he hears someone throwing up mm. in one of the stalls which i also felt like when we're talking about these like visceral oh, kind of like yeah. noises yeah. and feelings mm. like vomiting is one of them um and when he walks out barton recognizes him as wp mayhew who's an author a novelist that he really loves but who's also come to hollywood to write wrestling pictures so he kind of tries to act ask for his advice and mayhew says it's like drinking hours yeah um, so like wanna... let's do something later <laughs> i like the little touch like you could tell mayhew is an alcoholic and he throws up a lot because he puts his handkerchief on the yeah. floor, floor for his knees yeah, he's like kind of a dandy does... yeah yeah <laughs> i like the um the play of alcohol in this movie because mm-hmm. like he this was like a time where it was like totally how do you pronounce that teetotaling teetotaling was like big because it was like right after um prohibition thank you and my brain is like searching for words right now um and so his stance was very hard like do not get drunk like i think it like hinders the man and Mm -hmm. makes you weak or like and and everyone in the movie 
does drink and indulges in that and mm-hmm. it's part of his like self-righteousness almost and but he drinks a little bit he drinks throughout the movie as well yeah, but he doesn't which go makes into part it. of the fact that it's like self-aggrandizing because uh, he makes a show of like i think alcohol is for the weak but then behind closed doors he'll drink it yeah yeah right yeah, him and um, W.P. Mayhew have some interesting conversations about like where writing comes from mm-hmm. and what the writer's, I guess, obligations yeah, are. Yeah, W.P. Mayhew just likes to create. Yeah. That's what he says. And I he just says like writing creating. gives him peace, whereas yeah. Barton Fink is saying writing just comes from pain and it mm-hmm. needs to come from pain to mean something. And I think that's like an actual thing when I look into like writers, their view on it. Like a lot say, oh, well, it comes from suffering. And then a lot are like, well, it's just all I know how to do, and that's when I feel the most it's like a high. myself. Yeah, it's not necessarily coming from traumatic things. It's just it's what I do. So mm-hmm. it's like a real thing. And then I guess the last important character is W.P. Mayhew's uh, secretary. Secretary slash side chick. Side chick. Yeah. Well, yeah, he is married. That you yeah, pointed out. Yeah, yeah. And his wife's it, at home. Is it? She's deranged, right? Isn't that what they say? Oh, she's disturbed. Oh, disturbed. Yeah. That's such a classic trope, though. Like the old woman in the attic. Yeah. Like, but she's yeah. deranged. Is she actually disturbed, or does she have, like, dementia? Oh, I'm not sure. For some reason, <laughs> oh, yeah. I don't no, know if she's disturbed. No, she's, I feel they, like it's just something Well, no, not says. Audrey. Not oh, Audrey. Not the character. His actual his wife. His actual wife. They talk about... Oh. Audrey says he drinks and he's in this way because his actual wife is disturbed. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then Audrey's his secretary, but also kind of his lover and his support system and, and his ghostwriter. As I say, yeah. Yeah, yeah which, which we find out. Which, like, Barton Fink is so upset about... Um, He's Which, a fake. He's a phony. Yeah, he's a fake. He's a W phony. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Barton's <laughs> this whole time just has writer's block. Can't mm-hmm. write a single thing. And that journey of him progressively becoming more and more stilted is also tracked with like the hotel becoming hotter, him having more bug bites on his body from these mosquitoes, which someone says they can't be mosquitoes. Like yeah. Los Angeles they, they is a desert. Yeah, yeah. Um, but he has these mosquito bites everywhere. What and, like, do you think that represents? I, I had an idea, but I was like, eh, I'm not sure. Dude, why don't you bring it up? Well, no, like, okay, <laughs> mosquitoes suck your blood. And it felt like ever since he moved out to L.A., meeting all these, like, phonies, fake people that they were just using him and sucking, sucking him his dry. Blood, sucking him dry. Mm-hmm. And that's what I thought the representation was. But it could just be, like, part of this whole uh, oh, phantasmagorical <laughs> uh, environment. But Part of um, me also sees it as, like, cosmetic, right? Like, he's a fake, he's a phony, right? Like, he may look one way but he's visually starting to show that he's mm-hmm. like not as perfect as he claims to be um which is interesting with like the hotel to ray wood starts to fall apart and chet gives him the thumbtacks and like he puts them up and yet the wallpaper still falls still falls yeah i thought that was strange actually it starts to fall from like another area yeah the per- thumbtack stays in place but then it like falls when john goodman's in the room yeah again. and you start to see in the hallway mm-hmm. it's peeling as well and like oozing like kate said it's Ugh. just very viscerally felt gross um. and then he pushes his face against it yeah and, like, that freaked one me freaked out. me out too um so i guess we have to address the second elephant in the room and that's charlie meadows what he really is right 
So, yeah. So as Barton becomes to the point where he's desperate and his deadline is the next morning, he calls Audrey, the secretary, and asks for her help. That's when she says, you know, I've been writing Mayhew's books. They spend the night together. When Barton wakes up, he hears a mosquito and sees it land on her and goes to slap it. And when he slaps it, she doesn't wake up. He slaps like her back, I think. He slaps her very hard for her very sleeping. Very hard. <laughs> and then there's all this blood on his hand. And, and like as he looks, blood more blood starts be. seeping. And then she rolls over and you realize she's been murdered. She's blood just covering her body. Mm-hmm. Um, and Barton freaks out. He starts screaming. It almost yeah. is a shot where he jolts awake and you yeah. think it's like a nightmare. Yeah. But it's not. Which I feel like is kind of a lot of this movie. Oh, agree. Yeah. I don't know if you guys ever have like stress dreams where you're like stuck somewhere and you can't get out. Mm-hmm. But that's mm-hmm. what that reminded me of. Like, yeah. he's just there every day. This whole movie, I was waiting for it to be like, oh, this is a hallucination. A dream, this yeah. is a dream. They do that, like set it up like that scene in particular, like, oh, he's just going to wake up from this nightmare. But then they don't. It. He never wakes up from these like weird situations. And it's like, holy shit, this is actually reality but then that still makes you question is this actually going on and i think it all of it's going on um but then at the, toward the end there's scenes that there's things that happen that i'm like is this really happening right. yeah. so yeah when he finds her body then charlie comes over to try to help him get rid of the body barton passes out um i think charlie He's, just comes back and wakes him up and tells so him charlie, to kind of get it together charlie comes in throws up yeah, yeah another instance of throwing up and it's like all over his face. It, looking back on it, it's, is it strange that he just picks up the th- body? I was like gonna that. say that he throws up. It might be all part of the act. The act. Know, but- knowing his like mm-hmm. secret now, like looking back, it's kind of. Hey. I think it's kind of strange that he threw up. Yeah, I don't know. I didn't know if he was like acting or did he even throw up? We yeah, didn't see it. Yeah, there's just water <laughs> on his face. It wasn't like. He just um, can, okay. he can fair, make really fair. good throwing. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, back off. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> but also the fact that like he tells him he just like I took care of it, but he just picks up that body and goes, and it's yeah. like okay. and Barton passes out, so we don't really know what happened in his onesie. Then, yeah, exactly. Oh, his his old timey. His underwear onesie was just <laughs> not great. How is that functional? Like, if you have to poop, how does that like work? Don't out? they it's usually have a nice little flap in the back? I didn't yeah, see I a flap. There was a flap in the back. It was <laughs> oh, a flap in the go. back situation. <laughs> um, so then you then detectives show up to the hotel. Um, Charlie Meadows had to leave. Uh, so, you, you know, John Goodman's character leaves for a couple days. Detectives show up to the hotel, question Barton Fink. Um, the paranoia of Barton Fink and, like, the mania kind of gets heightened in these scenes. And then you find out through the detectives that uh, Charlie Meadows is actually... Do you guys... Montarl Mont- Munt. Carl Munt who's like a serial killer, chops off the heads of his victims. Um, and you find that out. And Barton Fink finds that out. Um, but before before Charlie Meadows left, he left Barton Fink with a box. And he's like, this is mine. Just hold on to it. It holds uh, everything before. if that contains of importance to me in my life. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but there was like awesome foreshadowing in this movie because when they, when they first meet each other, um, Charlie and Barton, he talks about like having a woman, right? And then he opens his tie and inside is that lady, mm-hmm. right? That shows that like that's the thing he hides in his closet, right? Is uh, that like woman in the tie? And I like love that analogy mm-hmm. of yeah. like in the next room, you never go in there, but it's because he's hiding the women. 
But what's also another thing you think the whole time Charlie Meadows is trying to tell Barton Fink these stories. And who knows what he would have told him. He might have told him these murder stories, but Barton Fink just doesn't listen. And when they have that moment when, when, when he comes back um, to the hotel and they address it, uh, Charlie Meadows is like, you never listened to me. Mm-hmm, right. Like, why didn't you ever listen? Or you never knew this about me because you never listened. Yeah. Um, American which, son of a bitch. I don't know that it's like that literal of like, you didn't know this about me because you didn't listen. I just yeah. feel like it's like one aspect of his ego, like yeah. confronting mm-hmm. the other almost. Mm-hmm. But after the detective le- leave, um, Barton goes back to his room and he sees the box and he just kind of agonizes over it. But then just... Mm-hmm dives right into writing Writing, it's like the first time we actually see him have a writing process and work through and he's just like page after page he calls his agent in new york and is like this is the best thing i've ever written Mm. whatever and then he finishes it he goes out celebrating like to the soldiers dancing he's completely unhinged i thought that was a dream too i thought or i thought it was going to show him maybe like dancing in his room one of those where it's he's imagining Mm -hmm. this dance but again that's like a real thing right one thing that was interesting to me is that when we start the movie you don't even necessarily see him as like a bad guy or conceited you see him as someone who's like oh theater for everyday people you don't really get the sense Mm. that he's an everyday person but then he's in hollywood and every time he meets with these like the head of the studio is like writers create and what you're doing is so important and kind of puffing him up and puffing him up and then you see him in this scene where he's dancing with a girl and a sailor it's like a going away event for soldiers i think and a sailor's like oh i want to turn and barton just becomes completely unhinged Uh, and he's like i create my mind is my arm uniform like whatever so i thought it did a good job of just showing the level Mm. that he's kind of dropped Mm. to i was so glad he got punched in the face (laughs) he really needed it it was like very relieved Leaving. Um, yeah. Did you guys get a weird vibe when um, him and John Goodman wrestled each other? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> well, when John Goodman did that look back, like over his shoulder, Yo, I was it getting, was strange. I thought there was like a, some sort of like you haven't seen like Barton with like any women before. He hasn't yeah. discussed anything like that. So I thought I was. It was gonna maybe be like something was gonna. It was gonna be like go a gay sex. Scene. Yeah. 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 Like, there was I thought that too. Sexual like referenced earlier with the producer he was like you know like maybe my dick's bigger than your dick and he's like i don't yeah. know you you're probably the expert on it not yeah. me and and yeah. he was saying that critics or people said your play in new york was a little fruity yeah. Yeah. and there was a lot of that being pushed towards yeah barton fink um, yeah i thought something was gonna happen there but then he yeah he just wrestled them. Yeah, they just, yeah, they just, just wrestled them. Yeah, but that even when the detectives come <laughs> back after that dancing oh, yeah. scene, I think he goes back to his room. The detectives are there, and the detectives are you know see his mattress that's stained blood and are questioning him about that and let him know that um, in the meantime, W. P. Mayhew has also been murdered. Right. And they're like, we know it's Munt, but what do you have? How are you involved in this? Like, were you and Charlie <gasps> lovers? And he was like, no, it was just wrestling. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. Loved we just wrestled. That. Yeah. Also loved those FBI agents. Oh, they're they're, great. they're back and forth. Like one would say a sentence, the other one would. They're they're yeah. Great. They a, were caricatures. It's of like themselves. Oh, for sure. Mastermon, Mastra Monaco and Deutsch, something like that, which like plays into something I was reading about like themes of uh, fascism and con- communism uh, in this movie, whereas they're like the Italian and the German mm-hmm. like Nazi that makes kind sense, of because they fascists. make a comment about him being Jewish and Karl yeah, Munn and when he kills them he, yeah, says, he says Heil Hitler well yeah so that's the thing so they come back to his room and then Karl Munt comes back to the hotel and you just pan to the elevator where there's flames coming up 
and he gets off the elevator and just flames start like all the walls light on fire that scene is awesome incredible it's so good it's such a good payoff for the whole movie too like I don't know this movie was solid from start to finish in my opinion but that ending is a very strong especially ending. because so there's a fire and like the whole building's on fire and mm-hmm. as we know as people you leave a building yeah. Yeah. one it's hot there's the fear of collapse there's a fear of like no escape but they're just hanging out right it's very yeah. surreal yeah. i mean the whole movie kind of culminates in that feeling of like is he the devil like right you, you right, really get right. that sense yeah. where because he kills both the police officers he comes in to talk to barton which is when he kind of confronts mm-hmm. him with this you you don't listen you're not listening mm-hmm. Um, but eventually, you know, unlocks Barton from the handcuffs, like lets him go. So Barton can leave and he's like, oh, I'm just going to be in my room next door. So Carl goes back to his room and I mean, in theory, just dies there in the fire. It mm-hmm. seems like, well, there are biblical themes in this. I don't sure, know yeah. them, but like there's <laughs> even a scene where he opens up the Bible. I love when he asks the Me elevator opter- operator, have you ever read the Bible? No, but and I've he's heard like, of the it. Holy Bible. And he's like, yeah, he's like. I may have, you know, but I've I've heard of it or something he's like, like that. He's like, I don't know, but I've heard of it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but there so are good. like Nebuchadnezzar or whatever is like a yeah. something in the Bible. So there's definitely themes. Oh, and of when he like themes. reads the Bible and then it turns into the sentence, just his writing, yeah, yeah. yeah which I love. That that plays with the fact that but, he's God and Charlie's the devil, right? Right, mm-hmm. right. And that's the other funny thing is when Barton first walks into the room and the detectives are waiting there for him, they're reading the last lines of this movie that he wrote for oh, the wrestler, yeah. and it's literally word for word exactly how his play ends yeah. that we see in the beginning of the movie. So you just get the sense it's that all he could write. He's, yeah. and he, all he keeps saying is this is my my greatest work, and it's literally just like the same thing over again which is funny but so he leaves the hotel with his whole movie written on a script and the box (laughs) and the box and the the box and he goes to the studio head's office and meets with him and the guy pretty much just completely dismisses him and says like this isn't worth anything We're not going to make this into a movie, but anything you write is our property, which is really the greatest punishment for someone like Barton, who just puts so much worth into what he can make. And if it's the studios, he can't make it. Mm -hmm. And then then the movie ends. The last scene is him on the beach. Him on the beach, yeah. Yeah. Completely, you know, full three-piece suit. Yeah. Um, (laughs) With the box. With the box. box, And that's it. And the lady from the picture. Yeah. In his room, yeah. I mean, his hotel room is super drab, and this one thing he has is a photograph of a woman sitting on the beach looking out onto the ocean, and he keeps kind of returning to it in all these moments in the movie. Yeah, what did that represent, too? Like, I didn't know if that was supposed to represent something. Like peace, I think, and like like, like a peace of mind. I think it also coming together in this ending scene is just like his inability maybe throughout the movie you don't really know like what is reality and what is fiction and that kind of thing yeah and also like what like it also i think it's like a competition of his ego right like he can't relax he can't calm down he can't thrive to get that thing he wants because he tells himself he can't have Mm -hmm. it there are cut scenes to waves crashing on the rocks throughout the movie too like there's a I don't know, but yeah, you guys are right. It's actually. a very, yeah. uh, the waves crashing just reminded me of Greece, like the opening scene when they're like, do you ever see Greece? Uh, yeah. When they're like, when they meet in the ocean, it's just all the waves crashing. Oh. I can't not see waves crashing and not think of Greece. Yeah. Just I mean, saying. it's beautiful, the scene. I think it's like yeah. somewhere in Malibu or something. Yeah. The mountains are beautiful. And then the woman, 
you know, starts talking to him, just saying, like, oh, it's a beautiful day. And he's like, oh, are you the woman in the picture? But you don't really know if he means the picture in his hotel room or in the pictures, like what they call oh, the movies out, because he says she's so beautiful. Yeah. Um, and she's like, no, don't be silly, and just kind of turns around, and we see him within this picture that mm. mirrors what's been in his hotel room. And he never opens up the box. Never. What's in the he box? <laughs> I knew that, that would was kill you. That was literally the first thing Jordan said, was like, Bailey's going to want to know what, what was in the box. What did you guys think was in the box? The head. The head. I I think that's what they want you to think, yeah, but, but I uh, like if they in this movie if you open the box, I bet it wouldn't be the head. Yeah. Well, but I like how they don't. I open agree. It for yeah, I think reason. it's almost kind of besides the point. Yeah, because yeah. Char- when Charlie comes back, he says, "I lied to you about what's in that box." Yeah. Oh yeah, he it's said not it's not mine. Yeah. 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 Uh, who knows? Great movie. Also, cinematographer on this, Roger Deakins. <laughs> His first with the Coen Brothers. Yeah. He and later then does like all of the Coen brothers. Um, also did the village. Oh. <laughs> Shout out M Night. <laughs> wow. Um, is that the first time they worked with John Goodman, the Coen brothers? I'm actually not sure. I know it, you said they wrote it for him. Big so Lebowski's yeah. after the Big Lebowski's after. So yeah. I know with this movie they were working on Miller's Crossing, and they were having writer's block during that process, oh. and sat down and wrote Barton Fink in a matter of three weeks. Um, About a guy with doing... writer's block. Exactly, uh-huh. yeah. Um, and like influenced by um, Barton Fink is loosely based off Clifford Odets, who's a famous playwright, actually from Philadelphia, but mostly oh. in New York. Oh. Um, did a lot of work in that kind of like theater of the real people kind of stuff, but was wrapped up in. Um, in the 1950s, like the Red Scare in Hollywood and in New York, mm-hmm. where people were getting outed for being communists. Actually, um, Ilya Kazan, who's Zoe Kazan's grandfather, yeah. he was a really famous theater director, and he um, named a bunch of people to the House Un-American Committee, and Clifford Odets was one of them, and he never really worked after that, Whoa, which is kind of crazy. crazy. Yeah. But um, so they didn't do a ton of research when they were making it, but I think afterwards kind of imbued it with a lot of these oh, stories, yeah. oh. which I is won- really cool. I wonder, you said this might be the first time they worked with John Goodman. I wonder <laughs> if it was the first time the Coen brothers worked with Scott Williams, the uh, best boy on this. Yeah, that's a good question. <laughs> I'll do a little research. Yeah, <laughs> He's definitely one of the best boys. Yeah, yeah. The best of the best. Now... Well, what did you guys think of it? Yeah, what? Oh, I, I, I loved it. Interested I loved to it. know. Mm-hmm. Let's. I, yeah, go ahead. I liked it a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say, it's not. It's a movie for people that like really enjoy like movies. I feel because like mm-hmm. it is kind of slow. Like nothing really pops build. off. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. so, you you really have to kind of like pay attention to like little things that like we discussed like mm-hmm. throughout yeah. the whole movie. Mm-hmm. Um. So I will say it's not literally for everyone, but it's worth it. I but think I if, liked it. I think even if it's not really your thing, I kind of agree with you. Um, I think at this point we're used to like sitting mm-hmm. and watching movies yeah. like this and and just kind not of thinking them of apart. it like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and being able to pick them apart and pick up the, the symbolism and foreshadowing and stuff like that. But even if you're not, I think it's still an interesting movie that you could you could especially really... since I feel like of the art genres of movies, I think Coen Brothers are the most like accessible. accessible. Totally, yeah. I mm-hmm. would agree with that. Mm-hmm. I think it also it's very, um, I like it's transportative as a movie. Like you just yeah. can kind of fall into this new yeah. world that they yeah. in a lot of ways created it, that looks familiar to the world yeah. that you're you recognize, but it's not necessarily like that. It's like a, it's a period movie for yeah. sure, but like the the, clothing, the, the, the oh characters God. are like. 
uh, caricatures and I think uh, even the costume designer got nominated for an it, award. The costumes for this were amazing, it was great. absolutely incredible. Yeah, yeah. yeah, everything's just like heightened. Mm-hmm. Just, yeah, like, just by a tad yeah. bit. Yeah, um, I loved it though. I'll, my initial rating, this movie was a nine point five. Holy shit! Wow. wow, I loved it. it. Well, one, the color scheme is literally the color scheme of my life. Like That's true. earth tones, <laughs> yeah. kind of like warm earth tones. Um, I love the cast. It's about a writer. It's set old, like 40s. Mm-hmm. Just everything about it, I loved. It kind of has a central location. Uh, not much happens outside of that. It hits everything for me. And I'm going to keep it there, 9.5. I'm going to give it a 7.9. And I don't change my rating, so. Sometimes you do. <laughs> I did. I have before. <laughs> it's been but not done. always. Yeah, seven point nine. It's legendary. <laughs> um, I originally rated this a seven point eight, but I want to bump it up to an um an eight point two. Um, By point four. <laughs> what? Yeah, Bumped I respect it. it. <laughs> it's all just about my feeling in my body. Yeah. You know, just yeah. like. I think it was Becca bumped it up for you. Yeah. Discussing it, it with her. Honestly, yeah. Everything I discuss <laughs> with Becca bumps it up. So. <laughs> Unless blushing. she's talking critically about maybe sometimes I'll bump it down. <laughs> <laughs> now, what, what? how many times have you seen this movie before? Oh, four. This might be my fifth time. Also, you watched half of it with, with us. us. You were, I did. Yeah, I watched yeah. it again today. I love it. This movie is a 10 out of 10 for me. Nice. It's a movie I probably oh. saw when I was like later in high school, early mm. in college. Um, familiar with the Coen brothers, but wasn't necessarily familiar with this movie. And I think I just found it randomly on Netflix and I thought it looked cool. Um, and yeah, I just completely fell in love with it. Nice. I think it's one of those movies I kind of keep coming back to. I do... Like, I don't recommend it to everyone, like Matt was saying. Like, I think there's some people that would really enjoy it or some people who would even just, like, find it thought-provoking. But, um, yeah, I I just think it's great. It's a movie, It's if you like it, I think it's super rewatchable. Oh, for sure. I think there's, yeah, yeah, like, there's, like, a lot of layers to Mm -hmm. it. So you can kind of set, like, the stuff I was saying about the door kind of whooshing shut when he was in the hallway. Like, it sounded like there was a breeze. I I just noticed that for the first time watching it for this so i don't know i think there's there's a lot of stuff you can mm-hmm. get it's out very of it. like magical realism mm-hmm. which, yeah it kind of mm-hmm. does have that vibe which adds a lot to like discover when it's that type of yeah. theme i'm gonna say it i'm gonna stand by it this is <laughs> one of my favorite that we've reviewed this top five was very surprising to me yeah, we bringing that. back the top I five loved, <laughs> i love that movie. top five was great um and also cal calvary you loved uh, Brennan Gleeson. That one hit me so hard. Um, just Irish giving you a little recap blood. of well, the movies. I'm glad I, I could add to that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, oh, I miss top five. <laughs> I thought you were gonna say you miss Calvary. <laughs> uh, so, we are in between movies. Yes, we are. How's everyone feeling? Uh, I would wish there was Diet Coke in this house right oh. now. Oh, I don't think there's any None. soda. None. We are in a soda drought. We're in a sort of drought. We're moving away from the studio. We live in a studio, <laughs> just for the listeners out there. And uh, we're, we're soon moving away. This might be the last episode done in this studio. Don't quote us because it could be. be next week. There's but, a lot of moving going on all yeah. around here. And, and again, that's why we're opening up a Venmo. <laughs> yes. <laughs> we need some fund funds. Fund our move. Yeah, fund our move, please. Um, but yeah, uh, before we move on, how are you feeling, Becca? Oh, I'm feeling great. Uh, Thank you. Bailey? <laughs> 
um i'm hungry but otherwise great okay cool 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 um we'll get you food we'll get you soda and you were good back in the <laughs> yeah, I'm, um, I'm but easy. <laughs> before we move on because i need to know what's your height what's your weight <laughs> all right kate's corner <laughs> aka kate's corner <laughs> uh, all right so we guessed other things today we also guessed um his birthday and what sign he is um so dun, 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 dun. all right becca said that he was 62 um 188 pounds was born on october 18th and is a cancer cancer is i think summer yeah i didn't know yeah, <laughs> i only know I that know because either. i only know my sign <laughs> i'd say i only know that because cancer is my sign yeah there you go um all right bailey said that he's six foot one inch 180 pounds was born on october 28th whoa whoa I, know. I was thinking October twenty eighth. He's and then like I was like, a, oh, I gotta... he's like a scary guy, like a, <laughs> an October spooky guy. Yeah, I put it in the fall too. Yeah. He said that he's a Taurus, and yeah, and that's then, a sign, right? Yeah, yeah. Jordan, like he drives a Taurus. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, Jordan said that he is six two one seventy five, born nineteen fifty six on September fourth, and a Gemini. Also summer because that's my cusp. That's my like. <laughs> You're rising, you're moving, yeah. rising. <laughs> um, all right, you ready? Yes. He is six foot. Ooh, Ooh, shorter than we all thought. Yeah, so closest is you, Bailey, for yeah. that. Um, wait, 176. Ooh. Wow. What up? Enjoy I'm getting better. Real close. Getting better. <laughs> all right. He was born February 28th. Whoa. Wow. What year? Uh, How old is he? Nine, Just, he's 61. I think I was a year off. Yeah, nice. I think. Wow. Could be wrong. I also I have know. a February birthday. Yeah, I'm I don't think about we're that. the same sign though, because I think he's an uh, Aquarius. I'm an Aquarius. We do have the same sign. Uh, That's crazy. Nice. Mm-hmm. It all makes Is it sense. Is it getting hot? <laughs> <laughs> wow, uh, the connection. Is this a love connection. I do hot. have a few more facts. Oh, okay. Like Let's cool down. Corner. Cool down. Corner. <laughs> um, not many, so don't worry. Um, he was born and raised in Brooklyn. Oh, Ooh, shout out. Which Brooklyn. makes sense with his accent. <laughs> mm-hmm. But he's also- in Brooklyn. Do you know? No. Right. So he was Shout born in Brooklyn, Brooklyn, but he has a dual citizenship between the U.S. and Italy. And you can also speak fluid Sicilian. Yeah. And, and that's Oof. kind of a shout out to our last episode. He he was a voice uh, actor in Cars 2. Oh, that's true. Ita- oh, yeah. Italian car. Interesting. That mm-hmm. actually makes sense. His cousin is Ada Tutaro, who played Janice on The Sopranos. Oh. If you guys like Love Sopranos. It. Sorry if that was uh, We don't talk facts. about TV, so <laughs> yeah, you're, lucky you, you're lucky you slipped that one in there. <laughs> Do you guys, uh, that was not vetted. <laughs> Do you guys want to know what movie he's a big fan of? Yes. yes. Do you want to guess it? Probably a Woody Allen A movie, movie. he's in? No, a movie that he's a big fan of. Uh, Raging Bull. Uh Finding Nemo. <laughs> um, Mr. Deeds. Well, he was in Mr. Deeds and Raging Bull. Oh. But he, he was like an extra in Raging yeah, Bull, right? Yeah, he has like a non-speaking role. So does that role. mean Finding Nemo? <laughs> so Raging Bull was his first ever movie appearance. Yeah. But it was a non-speaking role. What was it, his He's a big fan of Big Trouble in Little China. Oh, I love that. I don't think I've ever That's seen cool. that. Oh. Don't Ooh, tell don't Mike. Don't let Mike Polshock know that. Don't tell Mike. <laughs> well, I get lectured on Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. oh, boom, burn. roasted. Yeah, I, this is our burning Mike. No, episode. I love Mike. Let's burn him. 
stick to your burn. Um, is that it? Kate's yeah, corner's over. Yeah, that's it. Not okay. much. Well, that was great. The, the, all that talk about what's your sign really <laughs> made it hot in here. <laughs> so uh, it burns bright like stars. I think it's time to cue the music. Hey, hey, uh, it's hot. Um, so this segment will be pretty short. Um, Sick. <laughs> he, uh, he's been married for 34, uh, 33 years. That's older than any of us. To Catherine Zeta-Jones. Borowitz. Wow. Aww. You know what you. we love? A nice, faithful, long relationship. We love that. Um, Do a Jew. Love it. So I'm yeah, that's all it. I got. <laughs> oh, nice. That was hot. Yeah, it, was it got hot. She's got two kids, so. Oh, how loving. I yeah, bet, that's all I got for you. Sorry. I bet they're a great family. I could just see yeah. him like being a good dad, being faithful. <laughs> I love them. I love the Tortoros. I think him and his sons go to baseball games a lot. Oh, who are they? Fans of the Yankees? That's what I don't know, and I don't want to make any assumptions because people get a little testy about it in New yeah. York. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder how he felt about the LeBron thing. <laughs> Fair, he's true. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, with that being said, uh, I think we should scoot on right. Let's scoot right on over the to the next one. movie. Monkey Bone. Yo, let's what hash a, it out. What a wild ride. I'm yo, shocked. I, this. Yo, I was on board. Honestly? Oh. <laughs> I'm not surprised. <laughs> okay, fair. I saw this in theaters, guys. Oh, hell yeah. I can't yeah. believe it came out in 2000. I, was, I literally thought it was like 1984. Like, I thought it was crazy? so long ago. So I was 11 when this movie came out, and my mom took me to see this in theaters. I could see that, though. Yeah, I feel like of, as an 11-year-old, you wouldn't pick up on all the creepy it stuff. It freaked me out. I will say, like, the... I feel like a mom would think it's more of a kid's yeah, movie exactly. than, than what it really, than it really what, was. exactly what my mom yeah. thought. You know and what it traumatized re- me? It reminded me of, and I think it came out around the same time, maybe actually this came out a little earlier, is Spy Kids. Oh, you know, like the weird figures in Spy Kids. Yeah. This had a very early 2000s feel. Yeah, was you it true so? that Spy, Robert Rodriguez did yeah. Spy Kids? Yeah. It's very true. Yeah. It's actually a sick movie. <laughs> yeah, I, like I remember Spy Kids. like thinking it was so cool when I was younger. Yeah. The like, but anyway, monkey Robert bones. <laughs> monkey, not the like claymation part of it, but like the way everyone was dressed and talked and acted felt very early yeah. 2000s. Yeah. So it, John Turturro is actually the voice of Monkey Bone, which is a similarity. He plays the titular character in both mm-hmm. of these movies, but you don't see him at all in it. He's a voiceover. And I actually made a note where I was like, how much did they have to alter his voice yeah. for it to be this high pitch? Yeah. But it wasn't altered. Like oh, I, really? I read wow. something where he was saying, like, "Oh, it was really hard for me to make my voice that high for the whole movie." Whoa. So well, then good for him. Yeah, yeah. good for him. <laughs> he deserves an Oscar. I'm yeah. glad he deserves it. Kate and I were even saying because we're best friends, we watched this movie together, um, and we were saying that, like, I can't hear him at all in this voice. I was thinking the same and thing. And I was like, they just pitch shift like. 
yeah. change his voice and auto tune or whatever the hell they it do. It honestly I'm, makes me respect it more. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I respect he's dedicated Monkey to the character. Yeah, I, it made me respect the movie a lot more now, <laughs> and also JT. Um, I do want to say, it came out in two thousand one. Um, pre or post nine eleven. Pre nine eleven. Wow, very that makes sense. very pre. Yeah, came out early in the year. Yeah, says a lot. Um, I appreciate you. Asking that. <laughs> yeah, I know we don't want the segment to go long, but I also contextualize things pre or post 9-11. I think it affects a lot of yeah. the media of that time, yeah. so I always appreciate when you yeah, do that. Yeah, I agree. Like, I know we do it in a joking way. It might be inappropriate, but um, a part of me is why I think about things that way, yeah. too. Oh, yeah. Oh, sure. No, there's a whole Wikipedia page that's like pre-9-11 culture in America. Uh-huh. Like, this definitely wouldn't have happened, this movie post. Like, it just wouldn't. You don't it's think? really bizarre. I don't know if there's too many. Well, let me read a synopsis of <laughs> yeah. it real quick. Uh, Monkey Bone 2001, pre-9-11, PG-13, 93 minutes, animation, comedy, fantasy. In a coma, cartoonist finds himself trapped within his own underground creation and must find a way to get back while racing against his popular but treacherous character, Monkey Bone. Pretty good. Pretty good stuff. Yeah, that's uh-huh. like the... Long and short of it. Yeah. I like the opening line of that synopsis, in a coma. Yeah. <laughs> um, and the the main character, Stu Miley, is played by... The one, the only, Brendan Fraser. Film friend. Yes. Oh, yeah. The dearest of film friends. Yeah. Um, Love and Brendan Fraser. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't want to walk through this movie too much in terms of plot, because, like... What? I don't either, but I <laughs> yeah. want to mention the fact that he has classic Brendan Fraser hair in this movie. Yeah, that's one thing I noted, especially in... So, like, he's... It starts with a cartoon of, like, a little boy... It's, like, a guy talking with his therapist and then, like, regressing back to his childhood for this, like, embarrassing memory of him mm-hmm. being attracted to his teacher. And then when the cartoon ends, it pans to a crowd that's being screened it for the first time, and it's Brendan Fraser's character mm-hmm. who is the cartoonist mm-hmm. and is getting all this acclaim. And he's, like, has this, like, weird kind of bowl cut-ish kind of hairstyle. And, it, and it's just, yeah. like, he's, like, kind of mopey. And I was just, like, rolling my eyes. I was Classic like, oh, here we go. middle part yeah. hairstyle. And, like, just kind of, like, his shoulders hunched over and, like, the, everyone's, like, stand up. Like, you're getting all this applause. And he's just, like, oh. Um, go I will say the worst part of this movie, and I think it would be an okay movie without this, would be the monkey bone parts. Like everything about monk, like the idea of like going into like oh, a coma and going yeah. into yeah, that so weird into world and going with all the yeah. nightmares. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Is I think the idea is it's cool, awesome, yeah. but bringing in this like weird monkey bone character that this, the body it just messed everything is that what up. About? So well, that just no, the just the character in general. Mm-hmm. Like I didn't. I kind of. I didn't think it was funny. Like, like I got the idea of it because, like, when you go into like death states, there's always like a like um, chauffeur in those scenarios. And I saw Monkey Bone as like, oh, this is like his pre-death chauffeur, like the one that walks him through these stages. But after that, it kind of goes like nuts. So I, I actually, I was telling Kate, like, I was like, I, well, halfway through the movie, I was like, I don't understand why this gets such a bad rap, like. Monkey yeah. Bones, the character's definitely annoying, but you think it's going to be his, what is it, Virgil or whoever, like Dante's Inferno, the guide. Mm-hmm. And you think that's going to be, but then where Monkey Bone inhabits Brendan Fraser's real that's body, the worst. That's, the worst. that's yes. where I'm out. But yeah. Me too. That's where I was Me like, too. oh, that's why they picked Brendan Fraser for this role, because he could play He's that possessed, inhabited 
person like that's his shtick but Bedazzled, i kept thinking about the like. fact that like he he did those things like yeah he yeah can that's, never that's take what i'm those saying back like yeah. he can never take you back. mean brendan fraser yeah. like at, yeah. at the end like, in, the, in the downtown it was cool like when he's in yeah. the coma oh, and it's yeah. called downtown it. and there's yeah. all these little like creatures it's yeah. very it's the same director as nightmare before christmas and it's very like that oh. like very kind of like and surreal he, james and the giant peach too. yeah oh so this yeah and Coraline, so you Coraline. can kind Wait, of see are we that. talking about tim burton or are we talking no. about no tim burton i think what wrote so tim burton was the director um, of Nightmare for Christmas, but this guy was like the art director of Nightmare for Christmas. He uh, did like okay. all of the artistic, like yeah. visionary okay. of it. Some so, of the monsters were cool. In the yeah, downtown. they were cool. Okay, like there was a the pigeons with like the fat guy's head on yeah, them. Those are my was favorite. A lot of like interesting. Things. I was gonna ask what your guys' favorite ones were, but I don't know if oh. you took notice of all the creatures. Oh, of all the Mine creatures. The mm-hmm. Um. I like the um, well. This is just my bias, but we know when he walks in, it's just Egyptian statues of like the cats with like the heads. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. those are my favorite because they kind of look like um, the entrance to Pee Wee's Playhouse has those where they move too, mm. where they have the same heads that move around. I don't know if I had a favorite. There was one where it's just a cyclops. Oh, yo, that's uh, he was like a huge. He had a huge eye, yeah. but he had huge. He yeah. walked on his hands, yeah, yeah. and his body was like really that tiny. Was, he was cool. He one was of funny. The okay. drawings from his book of yeah. baggage, from like his baggage, uh, was the Cyclops. Was the first drawing in his like. Oh book. Yeah. 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 Nice, nice. Um, um, there's one thing like, so so. Brendan Fraser's the cartoonist in this, and I could not connect it. Like he did not look like a cartoonist to me in the slightest, and I he couldn't. Like an do anarchist, it. like with the jacket he had on. Yeah. Yeah, I just like couldn't like connect them. His tie was so wide; he just looked like a clown. <laughs> yeah, I felt like a lot of it was exaggerated. Oh, for sure. And then the whole thing, like they're like downtown, and they like steal an exit pass from death, and then like monkey bone steals it like knocks out brandon fraser and like gets the exit pass to go out back into the real world to be in brandon fraser's body and then brandon fraser himself is stuck in downtown and like has to like live through his nightmares again somewhat and his nightmares were actually kind of cool they Mm. reminded me of the work of this artist mary reed kelly who does Mm. these like black and white kind of like highly dramatized works but um other than that i was just kind of like really uncomfortable with Brandon Fraser oh as Monkey God. Bone in the room. I like couldn't watch it. I hated it. When him and his girlfriend, fiance, whatever, like uh, try to like have sex. It was just like, ugh. like I was literally just yeah. disgusted. It was, weird. it was gross. Yeah. <laughs> He's yeah. just, and he has like a goatee. Oh, oh it's soul uh, patch? It's just, yeah. You never trust burns. anyone that has a soul patch, especially when they get cake in it. Yeah. <laughs> he got yeah, he's he's fisting cake. And does that happen now. a lot? I don't oh, know. All the time. Yeah. And it's just like a weird story of monkey bones on the outside to try to get like his Brandon Fraser's girlfriend is like a sleep doctor and that's how they met but then like she has this potion that like makes people have nightmares oh, more you mean potently. the nightmare juice yeah, yeah nightmare juice <laughs> that he replaces with like grape kool-aid and that's what monkey bone wants to put into like the monkey bone stuffed animals that are being produced so which, that people have more nightmares so because too. yeah it's but all kind of gross really smart though because they put all the toys in the movie so you could go and buy the toys mm. of Did, the movie follow-up oh. question did I buy one? No, I was terrified of this movie. Yeah. And <laughs> um, Bailey, you started off saying that you loved this movie. Did I say I loved it? I I, I, I liked the I I liked the idea except for the monkey bone part. Like I liked yeah. like 
going into that other world and like having that just be all your scary dreams. The set me design too. is so cool. Yeah, yeah. made me wonder it how looks, much it costed. And it looked like an actual like roller coaster when he like yeah. comes yeah. in. Yeah. I, was yeah. like, I wonder mm-hmm. if that's real. Like, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised that. if it was real. Yeah. So the movie costs a crazy amount. I'm sure. Seventy five million. Holy make. moly. Grossed. Five million. Holy shit. Oh my god. So apparently they pulled Henry Selleck, uh, I think that's his name, the director. director. Pull him off the project halfway through. And Rose McGowan had like a and then he went on to do Coraline and whatever. So like good for him. But um but Rose McGowan like two years ago posted I I, it's really long, so I don't want to read it. But it was basically saying, she posted on Instagram like two years ago, a, a throwback picture of her. Uh, Rose McGowan's in this movie. Yeah. She's um, a cat. As her, as Kitty, um, yeah. who's like a person in downtown, saying like, oh, I miss this. This was fun until they pulled away Henry Selleck, who had a great vision for this movie. Oh. And this movie had so much potential and like everybody was so on board with it. It had a great cast and we all loved it. But then when they, the studios took him away from it, it became more of a fan, like a fun, goofy movie where his vision was a little more darker. Oh, that's a shame. That's yeah. crazy that you say that um, because when I was watching this and specifically Rose McGowan's character reminded me of, I don't know if you guys have ever seen The Island of Dr. Moreau. Mm-mm. No, but I'm familiar I've with it. I've yeah. read uh, some of it. Okay, Didn't so there was it. a movie that was made, but my first introduction to it was this documentary um, and it was literally the same thing where the director has this super super specific vision of what he wants for it oh, and they're filming yeah. it in this island that's like super yeah. remote there's like torrential storms that delay production there's all this stuff all, it's just a really bizarre setting but the director gets pulled off of it halfway through and then another director comes in and it's like Marlon Brando in his 70s mm-hmm. like dress it's, it's just a really bizarre story but Rose McGowan's character reminded me of one of the characters in that movie who's, I forget her name, but you guys talked about her, in the, and she's an almost famous, not Anna, whatever her name is, but it's like a oh, weird name. Oh, uh, Faruka like, Balk. Yeah, Faruka something. Faruka Balk, maybe? Anyway, something. she plays yeah. like a cat woman in this movie, and I was like, oh, wow, like Rose McGowan yeah. and her look exactly alike, and literally the same thing happens where the director gets taken off. That story that you're referencing is crazy yeah. the, director, and the director like, stays in the jungle yeah he like stowed away you know, he was supposed to get wild. Yeah. uh yeah. it's called like the the island of nightmares or something mm-hmm. the um the yeah. documentary it's really good i would it's recommend awesome, it but yeah. it's crazy parallels speaking of nightmares how where is the logic that you can nightmare someone out of a coma <laughs> yeah the normal dosage of this yeah. nightmare juice is like 0.5 and she's like let's give him five grams yeah. <laughs> yeah. but also um. like i think like that does not ma- you know what's gonna get him out of this coma a night scare him out yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's um, bizarre yeah the uh the grim reapers were really scary looking. oh they, they were, were so scary looking yeah they were. they're very like they looked, dementor they looked like they were out of like silent hill or like mm-hmm. resident yeah. evil or mm-hmm. like some scary and then whoopi goldberg's death Film friend. Film friend. Yeah. yeah. She was a, pretty the, funny in The it. cast wasn't yeah. bad. Yeah. Yo, I kept great. Megan Mullally. Yeah. Chris Kattan. Chris, I, Chris Kattan. I kept waiting for Chris Kattan. Bob Chris Kattan Odenkirk was too. my favorite part of it. He played that part so well. Yeah. He yeah. That, next. That's actually, I think, the character that scared me when I was a kid. Chris yeah. Kattan. It was freaky. Mm-hmm. Like, so Brandon Fraser essentially talks, in, talks death into letting him also escape so he can, like, win back his 
girlfriend, fiance mm. from Monkey Bone as Julie. him. Yeah, <laughs> the Julie. most early Doc. 2000s name <laughs> ever. Um, but so he comes back into the body of Chris Kattan, who's like a gymnast who died in a freak accident and is like literally getting operated on. His organs taken out of him. <laughs> and he like jumps back into that body and the guy like doesn't really have a neck. I yeah. think his neck gets removed and or something. stomach mm-hmm. is duct taped together. Yeah. yeah. It was yeah. all Chris really Kattan, bizarre. It's great physical comedy. Yeah, yeah like, for so sure. Yeah. He comes in at like the last like half hour of the movie and like on letterbox like he's on the cover with brendan oh. Fraser. Sure. i mean at that time too is probably when he was on snl yeah. or it was just yeah. like a corky romano corky romano came out the same year this oh, really? was literally yeah. the yeah. only thing i've known him for was oh, this really? my whole life corky yeah, you That's slept really funny you i've never seen his monkey corky yeah. um but also bob odenkirk is like the surgeon oh, yeah. in that who i love yeah true he was funny yeah, so then essentially he just, like, goes to this museum gala, which I don't know why that's happening either. I know it's, like, the <laughs> launch party for Monkey Bones, but then it's also, like, giving to the Natural History Museum in L.A. And then, I, yeah, I mean, he, like, wins his fiancé back. I don't know. It's, it's just, like, <laughs> scene, though, in the end that made me laugh so hard. So, you know how he's, like, running, or they're, like, running around the gala, and he's trying yeah. to capture Brendan Fraser embodied in, mm-hmm. what's that guy's Chris name? Chris Kattan. And they, the security guard gets him, bring him outside. She's like, let me, let me like talk to him. And the fact that she, he calls her Doc, he, she like she knows. Like recognizes. But him. his dog runs over. Basset Hound, love it. Buster, Buster. but yeah. and the security guard just lets him go and starts <laughs> yeah. petting the dog. Yeah, yeah he's like, come here, doggy. Yeah, yeah like his, he like finally yeah. got him and just let him go. I would have done dog. the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think Julie home. can't pass up a basket. <laughs> Julie to me was just such a wet noodle. Like oh, I was just like, what are you doing? Just like, yeah. like, ugh, it's just and so it's, boring. It, they don't really wrap it up. Like he's still going to get in a lot of trouble for big time for like poisoning all these like people that like the monkey. There's no laws around possessing someone else's body and like you know what i mean yeah, yeah like your body possessed it's still <laughs> you like, yeah the nightmare juice yeah <laughs> i'm not gonna lie i watched this yesterday and i don't remember how it ends Yo, like I, does he get same. back into Stu's body yeah he, he does gets back in his regular body he does but i think but, even monkey bone go back down oh wait no they both together, they do so. you're right yeah. because they go up in that big the, the balloon yeah. and then they both fall and so they, they both, both die. die or like are in a coma again i guess yeah. and then he gets shot back out right okay you know, sorry disgu- so i know monkey bone was like a, a professional like a <laughs> visual representation of like his boner right yeah yeah but like and that's what she says exactly i wonder if monkey like, bone thinks this is yeah. that uh, freaks me out yeah you're right the monkey bone parts ruin this movie yeah, yeah. the rest yeah. of it is a great idea yeah. i love the idea remake <laughs> it without the monkey bone. Kate, you said that this reminds you of Lil Nicky, and I kind of yeah. agree. It has that Lil Nicky vibe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It also, like, mixed with Beetlejuice set design and, like, costumes. Yeah. I think it was influenced by yeah, Beetlejuice. That's time. what I read. Um, I Do you... When Brendan Fraser plays, like, the, the monkey bone character, it reminded me of... George of the Jungle. No, the oh. way he acts in that interview oh. for the it's Furry Vengeance. For, for, yeah. Enjoy. <laughs> Yeah, if you I'm haven't seen the interview of I haven't. Oh, Brendan I'm not Fraser. a big Brandon Fraser person. It's what the do you look up? What do you type thing? in YouTube? Uh, <laughs> Brendan Fraser furry vengeance or Unhinged. Brendan Fraser interview. Honestly, if you put in Brendan Fraser, it might be one. GQ of just did a profile of him recently. Like, whatever happened to Brandon Fraser? Oh, like, he's, and he's like he's fine. I coming back. It's like he's like a comeback because he's gonna. Yeah, he, yeah, he's coming back. Mm-hmm. He's gonna play 
like uh, a, a role where he's a serious character and i'm calling it I, he's I gonna think come it's back. already i think he's already casted for like a drama oh is I, he, I is he in the a, mummy yes okay then i have seen him yeah. i know we don't talk about tv but but he was in um a couple episodes like a few episodes i think of that show the affair with uh oh, joshua okay. jackson mm-hmm. and he yeah. played like a very serious guy was he good was he was of. good but he was like he put on some weight and yeah he looks a little different yeah. yeah. Well, he's not the hunk he once was. No. For sure. He'll never be. <laughs> yeah. Well, Rest damn. in peace. <laughs> Jesus. Give him a shot. Uh, yeah, John Tuturo wasn't enough to redeem this movie for me. I'm not no, going to lie to you no. guys. Most importantly, because he played the character we all Yeah, liked, really, really hated. Disliked. And yeah. I keep thinking about how, like, he had to voice act this character, right? Yeah. And he had to actually say those things that yeah. Monkey Bone said. Like, how did he feel as a person having to say these things? Yeah, he probably got paid though. That's like, what I want to know. Like, was it <laughs> yeah, worth? Except they only yeah. made seven million yeah. dollars, yeah, so yeah. he like owes the money yeah, now. Yeah. Like, was it worth it? Probably not. <laughs> I doubt um, it. I, when I was doing a little research, uh, I saw that Whoopi was nominated for the worst supporting actress. Oh, sick! It, well, it was worst supporting actress underneath this movie, but then underneath that, it said for Rat Race. <laughs> So, oh, but Ooh, interesting. Still, still relates to us. I love rap race. Yeah. Oh, so do we. So do we. Shout out, Zach. Um, but uh, yeah, so that's literally all I have to say about that movie. Yeah. Not much. Um, wouldn't suggest watching this movie. Unless you uh, like set design true. and costume, yeah, then exactly. it'd be fun. I wouldn't. I'd, even then, there's cooler <laughs> movies that true, you can watch. True, true, true. <laughs> I think if this, was, if this was streaming, like on a streaming site, and you wanted to like throw it on in the background. Like a real weird, goofy movie. Yeah. Just but like, you're not... Yeah. It, uh, you don't have to be invested in this movie. That's the thing. Like you can just look at it, like yeah. while you're doing dishes or something. Yeah. Um, Go watch The Village Yo, instead. it's... Uh, <laughs> it was based off of a... A graphic novel called Dark, Dark, Town? Dark Town. Yeah, maybe that's actually interesting. If yeah. it's if it's all about Dark Town and they didn't have the Monkey Bone character, send it. To I'm us. in. So that I think is where the studio came in, and and like that's the part they put in. Um, even in this Rose McGowan tweet or Instagram post, she said. The weenies at Fox changed the name <laughs> from Darktown to Downtown because they were scared African Americans would be upset by a psychedelic underground acid trip of a world with a cat for a waitress named Darktown. What? Like, so weird. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I don't but know it was an. Ex- it's definitely. So what would you an guys? Experience. What did you guys initially rate it? What do you rate it now? Who wants to go first? I would give it a hot. Point five, maybe. Whoa. Uh, four point six. I gave it a two point one. I'm keeping it. I gave it a two point five. I'm gonna. I'll keep it. I'll keep it. <laughs> I'll keep it for Chris Kattan. Yeah, Ooh, mine. Yeah. A lot of mine's for my love of Brendan Fraser, even though it's like a really disturbing role of his. Mm-hmm. And that's Monkey Bone. <laughs> in a nutshell. It's a literal ride. Yeah. What did a... you have to say about your social media? It was like oh, a- okay, yeah. <laughs> so another social media that you could find film friends at now is called the Fantasy Movie League. Which I found out the the initials are, are FML. <laughs> yeah. So okay. we joined Fantasy Movie League without Bailey's 
permission. Uh, knowing. We did it at the movies the other night. We went to see Sorry to Bother You. Because they advertised it on the big screen. Oh, and I've seen that. It is pretty cool. Um, I don't know how long we'll do it, but if you're I'm on there. I'm already over it, but you can do I'm it. I'm into it. I'm into it. If you're on there, hit us up. We're well, what is, what's the idea? Is it about so, like how, the gross of Yeah, movies? so you pick before the weekend, before Friday, Saturday, Sunday. You pick, you get to choose eight movies. You only get $1,000. And like the top grossing ones from the week before are worth more. And then the lower ones are worth less. And you kind of build your team out and whatever movie set does better. It's very, very... It seems like, something that's like very predictable like yeah people know what's gonna i don't know kind of kind of but the way you set up your like team of movies is kind of interesting it's cool well we're um, ranked 417 right now uh that's a lie we're ranked 224 no i just looked at it oh they Yo, changed guys. the ranking let's not argue on the podcast <laughs> just tell me i'm right because i yeah, know I you're am. right you're right but anyways that's our other social media didn't pay off the way i thought it would pay off uh but uh yeah check us out there at <laughs> Film friends on FML. Yo, sorry for everyone who waited for that. Yeah. yeah. You could tune out. We're all out disappointed. Yeah. Um, but no, don't tune out because it is time for what? the hot seat. Oh, oh I, for, I honestly, yo, I forgot about the hot seat. Um, I mean, I know we're getting used to the heat in this studio, so that's probably why you forgot. Yeah. But it's, for it's sure. getting hot in here. I mean, it's already hot. Um, yeah. I wonder how hot the new studio is going to be. Huh. We'll see. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so. Are you okay? Do you, yeah, have, any, do you have any questions to start off? Mine was, like, not very hot, so let's start with mine. What whoopee is better? Whoopee <laughs> as God or whoopee as devil? Well, she, did you what, did you ever see her as oh, God? Never Who, what mind. is she <laughs> as in God? What is who is she as God? <laughs> what movie is that? No, just think about it. Yeah, just think about her. <laughs> just like, like Whoopi. Would you rather see Whoopi right. as God or Devil? I liked her as the devil in this movie. Yeah. I liked her ceramic head that blew off. I, I liked her say. blowing up Pompeii. Yeah. Follow-up question. Bald Woody? Or Woody. <laughs> <laughs> Whoopi or... Dre- what does she have? Dread? Dread? <laughs> oh the bald, you mean when they first grew on her head? Yeah. She looks freaky when they yeah. first grew on her head. Yeah. Oh. I just know Kate's into bald people. That's true, but I don't know how I feel about bald people. Yeah, Woody. follow-up question. Bald Woody or Woody with hair? <laughs> Woody with hair. Okay, yeah, you don't know. You've same. never no, seen him bald. No, Woody with, either with or without hair doesn't matter, just Woody with hat. Oh, okay, mm. cool. You know what? I'd like to see... Whoopi as like the devil and the angel on your shoulders. I bet you it's like, happened. Playing both. Wait, characters. what movie is she got in? In Ghost? No. <laughs> she's <laughs> she's no, in a way. I kind of forget, way. right? She's like an angel or something. No, she's no, like she's a, a psychic. Psychic. She's a god in a little bit of heaven. Yeah. Uh, never Hudson heard of it. Movie we yeah. <laughs> Love Kate. Um, shout out to Kate Hudson. Yeah. Shout out to Kate. Um, I Jordan, do you have any hot seat questions? I. I, I do. I find myself asking my hot seat questions throughout the conversations. Yeah. I feel like that's why I never have any at the end. I have one. Um, it's We watched a movie called Monkey Bone with a little bit of a sidekick, like a cartoon animated sidekick. Um, if you were to have a sidekick in real life. In real life? What cartoon would you pick as your 
sidekick oh. or animated character or I'll even I'll even broaden it since you're the book expert fictional character. Oh wow. That's wow. a good question. Fictional character. Like... I actually I'm not huge into animated stuff, okay. but if I had to pick an animated character to be my sidekick, I think it would be Sailor Moon. Because I really like Sailor Moon a lot. Mm. Love that answer. If we broaden it to books, it might take us a little bit longer. <laughs> yeah. Okay, we'll narrow well, well, yeah, it. We'll, yeah. we'll close we'll it. We'll keep it with Sailor Moon. I think that'd be a fun friend to have. When you say fictional character, do you mean Cosmo Kramer? <laughs> Yeah. Oh, like who's yes. your favorite fictional yes. New Yorker? Fictional New Yorker. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Everyone's favorite fictional New Yorker. Cosmo Crazy. Yeah, but mine would probably be Newman. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're losing it. Um, I have a question for you. Um, Me? Yes. Who would you make as your celebrity family? Like a whole family, like, yeah. like, if they like, had to like be on family, like if they had to be on family. Like, actually, <laughs> any family like structure you want, correct? You can make correct. That can be whoever your parents <laughs> is are. Is this in reference of anything, or is yeah. this just no, just in general? This is. Like, oh, okay. I think we're trying <laughs> a new hot. Who are oh, my yeah. favorite yeah. celebrities? <laughs> like, who would you want to be your parents and your siblings? Ooh. and a nice possibly brother. your grandparents, maybe a grandparent. or yeah. a cousin. Yeah, maybe the dog, the cat. Wow, I knew this one was gonna be hot. This yeah. one is hot. This might be the hottest question we've ever asked. <laughs> I think, um, well, I said her last time. You guys asked me a hot seat question. But I really love Francis McDormand and Joel mm. Cohen. They'd probably be really cool parents. They actually they have an adopted son uh, who they bring with them to like every event ever that they go to. So, so they would be, be your cool, parents? They would be cool parents, <laughs> right? Would you also yeah. have their adopted son as like your brother? Yeah, sure. So you just want to be in their family. <laughs> <laughs> um, no. Okay, who could be my brother? Timothy Chalamet. Uh, yeah, little baby brother. Robert Pattinson. Um, <laughs> I love Robert Pattinson. Um, I actually, um, what's that guy's name? He plays the brother in Get Out. Not that character, but I like that actor a lot. Oh, yeah. He would be a funny uh, brother to have. I don't know yeah. his name, but he's the redhead guy. Yeah, yeah, Caleb Landry Jones, I think his name oh. is. He's in everything. I yeah. like him yeah. a lot. That'd be a sick brother. I would love to have Busy Phillips as an older sister because oh. I just think she's That's amazing. Cool. Yeah. And she's so funny and so much fun. And she's best friends with Michelle Williams, who I love. Ooh. So that could be cool. Honestly, love your family. Thank yeah, you. That's an interesting family. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay. Shout out to my real family members who all listen to the show. <laughs> yeah, They're probably yeah. pissed. I didn't say <laughs> <them>. <laughs> love Shout you guys. Out. Shout out. Um, and I have one more question for you. Mm-hmm. Make it hot, bro. I, this might be hot. I don't know. We're, <laughs> we're trying out new questions. It's repeat season. Mm-hmm. Trying out new questions. What movie have you never seen before, but you reference it? What's the movie that you do that with? If you do it at all. Hmm. I don't know that I do it that much. Like reference movies that I haven't seen. I've never seen The Matrix, which you guys were talking about. Okay. And I just like don't care that much about seeing it. No <laughs> mm-hmm. offense to anyone who loves that movie. Um, oh, that's I've, okay. We're yeah. ripping it apart I've, this episode. <laughs> <laughs> I've like gone this long. Um. Yeah, I don't really know that I do that that much. Okay. So I mean, I do it because I'd say like your Benjamin buttoning, but I've never yeah. seen it. Oh mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, I've never seen that, but I don't really say that. 
<laughs> I don't know. That's basically a basically example. Becca just doesn't lie and pretend she. Yeah. Basically, okay. I'm real. Yeah. <laughs> We're just a I'm bunch of so fakes. I kidding. have one more question for you as well. Yeah. It please. could just be the same answer. But I know we talked last time about my favorite Michael, which it could be your same answer. But what's your favorite Michael? Wow. <laughs> Any Michael um, ever. ever. I do. Ooh. Is I, anyone in your family named Michael? My brother's, <laughs> my brother's name is Michael. Oh, <laughs> oh, no. He's over there. Yeah. I love my brother. But, um, I mean, I love Michael B. Jordan a lot. Oh, um, nice. I, he, I think, yeah, bit. I think that's maybe. I mean, I love Michael Shannon, too, but Michael B. Jordan is just, like, another level for me. I knew that was going to be the answer. I love it. Although, I guess, if I'm thinking of, like, like more work that I like someone in I definitely like Michael Shannon more but just like gut reaction is like I would pick Michael B. Jordan <laughs> I respect it so much yeah Creed 2 is coming out I'm pretty excited oh for yeah that. it looks good mm-hmm. it looks really good yeah I still have to watch Fahrenheit 451 no you uh, don't no you don't you don't <laughs> yeah. no um, not at all yeah what do you have to say I just fell in love with a new Michael <laughs> Michael Pena <laughs> oh Michael Pena is great Love him in uh, the second Ant Man. <laughs> uh, no. Oh, you mean wow. Chips? You and fell yo, in love with him. Fell in love with him. He made me laugh. Love he caught you when you yeah, fell. That's all you need to do. That's the way to your heart. Yeah, Michael Pena would be a great future film for us. Oh, for yeah, sure. He really would be. Keep him um, in mind. What I, Michael do I love? Uh, Michael Scott. <laughs> I thought, I'm surprised oh. you didn't say Michael Shapon. Ooh, oh. I'll save him for the next guest we have that we asked the question (laughs) whatever um cool and uh that's all my hot seats yeah that's it you did a good job we we threw some hot ones at you so Mm -hmm. thank you um and uh before we close up just kind of curious what are you looking forward to or what have you or what have you seen recently that you were really into um i i just saw good time which i liked a lot we were talking about that before that was a crazy movie um, you I, could say hi to Robert right there. Hi, Robert. I love you. But it's not blonde hair, Robert. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Ooh, no, that's he, a hot seat question. He looks like a psychopath. Yo, I love him in the blonde hair, though. Really? Yeah. Mm, love him. In he I think just, it like, yeah. plays to his character. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. Yeah. With like, the facial hair, yeah. too, and oh, stuff. Oh, that it's still brown, but the rest is yeah. blonde. Yeah. Constantine, is that his name, I think, in the oh, movie? I Kami. Um, I also just started watching, well, just started last week, Sharp Objects, which is based oh. on that Gillian Flynn yeah, book, yeah. Uh, which I'm it? really into. It's very um, True Detective season one, Ooh. like very Southern Gothic, creepy. You don't really know what's uh, like going that. on. I like that. Yeah. That was really good. I'm also, I just started that Otessa Moshfeg book, mm. uh, My Year of Rest and Relaxation. So I'm really into that right now. Um, and I'm looking forward to, I wrote some movies down. Ooh, the new Suspiria that's coming uh, out, yeah, which yeah, is yeah. directed oh, by the guy weird. who did Call Me By Your Name. Yeah. And it's Dakota Johnson, Tilda Swinton. Um, I'm not sure if there's anyone else who's really famous in it. But um, I saw the original and it was good. But the new one looks really, really scary. Awesome. So I'm super excited for that. And I also was just reading about um, they're doing like a Joker movie oh, that's like that. with jo- uh, Joaquin, Joaquin Phoenix. Phoenix. And it's supposed to be like a darker kind of not superhero what? movie, but like creating like how that cre- it's the character exact is created. Movie that you want, Jordan. Really? Yeah. Yeah, oh so I'm really, gosh. really excited for that. It's going to start filming in New York in the fall. Yeah, so that's like a long that's term. That's awesome, and I love Joaquin. I forget who I said would have been a good Joker very early on. Sam Rockwell, maybe? Maybe. I don't remember. But I Joaquin is 
Yeah. I feel Just like Joaquin's like yeah. has those demons yeah. inside. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Sure. Sisters, he brothers. Sure. And like, I just want to yeah. see the origin story of the Joker because if they do the one where he's the actual stand-up comedian and the whole thing with his wife, or even like oh, combine wow. the real I dark would ones, love I would, that. Yeah. I would I'm really love not that. even into superhero movies that yeah. much, but I just think that that's a really compelling story to tell. Oh, Agreed. Um, when and done I love right. Joaquin. Very cool. Totally. Yeah, yeah I forget and who I, the director is, but I think it's someone well known. Well, I was gonna say for Joaquin Phoenix, I feel like to take that role, it has to be something yeah, that's yeah. like appealing. Yeah. 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 He's so cool. He's picky. Yeah. Yeah. Rightfully so. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what I'm looking forward to. I love it. Yeah, yo. <laughs> the new uh, Mission Impossible movies. One of the they're saying it's one of the best action movies ever made. Really? I heard it's like awesome. Yeah. 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 Well, we are having a uh, <laughs> Mission Impossible marathon before that movie happens. So. Really? Oh yeah, we are. <laughs> yeah. When yes, is it? Are. So anyone listening want to come? Hit us up. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm really looking forward to eighth grade. I think it comes out next week. Yeah, I think yeah. it was just released in New York and LA. And yeah, the like limited release. release. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've heard really good things about it just Me on too. Instagram and stuff. I'm really excited for it. I love Bo Burnham, so mm-hmm. debut, directorial debut. And writer, right? Yeah. Yeah. A twenty four. It's his movie. Yeah. Um, Lean on Pete is now on Streaming. Amazon Prime. We'll so probably I have to oh, did you watch it? Not yet. I will finally get to see it. I haven't watched well, it yet. That's another uh, Under the Silver Lake is another movie ooh. that's coming out that I really want to see. They pushed it. Yeah. Back? Yeah, it was supposed yeah. to be already out. Oh, really? Like Oof. June. It's it in December, right? I yeah, it was supposed out. to be out like June 15th or something. They pushed it. It's the guy December. who wrote and directed It Follows, which is like mm-hmm. one of my favorite movies. Yeah. So good. Yeah. So good. Yeah, so I'm really excited for that too. There's a lot of stuff coming out. There yeah. is. Exciting year. Hopefully we'll have you back on before. December, season three. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I just start off every new season. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. I would love to come back. Thank you guys again yeah, for having me. Of course, thank you, Becca. It's always a pleasure. Um, Took the words right out of my freaking mouth. Yeah. Um, but uh, for the listeners, thank you again for listening to another week's episode. Hit us up on Twitter, Instagram, email, text, fantasy movie league, we don't and text, Venmo. Should I leave my phone number? Uh, I'll put it in the show show notes. notes. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) All right, but thanks for listening. We'll see you next week. Bye. 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 Michael Shannon. Michael B. Jordan. Oh, love it. Yes. Michael Pena. (laughs) 